This episode is made possible by PwC. The future calls for digital transformation you can trust. That's why the new equation is business-led and cloud-forward, using secure technologies to drive tax-efficient solutions for today and tomorrow. It's how people and technology work together to transform transformation. See how the new equation is building trust and security with the latest tech at thenewequation.com. Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit caron.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast, part of the Fantrax family. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung, and that's M-E-N-G. Good day, addicts. It's Los at FFA underscore Los. Welcome to another exciting episode. Week 14 preview. Here we come. This should be the last uh, last regular season matchup in most leagues and most formats. Um, could be a real big week, Mung. Hopefully a lot of y'all are just uh, sitting pretty, not having to worry too much. But for a lot of y'all, I know it's going to be win or get in or win to get in. Yeah, one last week of the regular season for most leagues here. Uh, a lot of scratching and scraping for that last win, given the state of running backs and wide receivers now with all these injuries. I mean, it's been crazy. Imagine how you'd feel if in week one you knew that you are going to be starting Alexander Madison, Sony Michelle, and Devontae Freeman at running back. But uh, I guess we just find a way to win, right, no matter what. That's the only choice you have. You can't worry too much about it. Hakuna Matata. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, with with the death of all these uh, elite running backs on IR, we we also have rebirth here. Uh, guys like Antonio Gibson, Josh Jacobs, and Javante Williams, who are in these messy committees to open the year, all of a sudden uh, workhorses in Week 13. Really, it's just uh, it's the circle of life, and it moves us all through despair yeah. and hope. You, you got love. it. Uh, when when uh, Christian McCaffrey dies, his body becomes the grass, and Chuba Hubbard eats the grass. Yeah, what's the dark place, Detroit? <laughs> uh, well, the Elephant Graveyard. Uh, yeah, I think it would be. But hey, even they come through with a win now and again, right? Yeah, and uh, Jared Goff's girlfriend certainly seemed very happy about that. So uh, all the best to Jared Goff over there. But uh, man, it's, yeah, running backs and wide receivers, a lot to talk about tonight. Um, but of course, before we get to the game previews, we want to talk to you guys about Thrive Fantasy. Thrive offers DFS style contests on player props. It's super easy. You pick 10 out of 20 player props for the week with each one getting assigned a fantasy point total for the over and the under based on how likely the outcome is. The more that you get right, the bigger the payout. And Thrive Fantasy has over $100,000 in weekly prizes, including their Sunday contest, where first place wins twenty grand. Sign up now with our promo code FFA, and you'll receive an instant 100% deposit match of up to $100 on your first deposit, minimum $10. Check it out today on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store, or you can play at thrivefantasy.com. That's T-H-R-I-V-E fantasy.com. All right, Addicts, week 14 starts off with a really important matchup, in my opinion. Thursday night football, Pittsburgh at Minnesota. Uh, Harrison Johnson are lineup locks, while Claypool and Fryermuth, you might have been leaning on Fryermuth a bit. He's cooled off a bit. You may not have been able to use Claypool at all. He can, he can, you know, he can 
a boom at any given week. Uh, they're considerations given your roster choices. I, I think I'm still hanging off Claypool. He hasn't demonstrated much big time upside this week, uh, but it can come at any time, Mung. Yeah, and the thing is, Pittsburgh is throwing the ball a little bit more in the past few weeks. Uh, they've talked about how they are trying to pass a little bit more instead of relying on the run, considering the issues they've had with their offensive line. And honestly, it makes sense. And Najee Harris has been you know, kept out of the end zone for a couple weeks now, but still he's getting very involved as a receiver. So you have that PPR floor, although the ceiling may not quite be there uh, against another tough run defense. On the other side of the ball for Minnesota, very short week for them to prepare and rebound from that embarrassing Lions loss. Uh, with Thielen most probably out this week, Jefferson should explode again. I don't think there's anyone on Pittsburgh who can slow him down. And I think Conklin and Osborne are very strong plays here with Thielen out. Uh, I thought there was an outside shot of a timeshare between Madison and, and Nwangu, but Nwangu was firmly behind him. It's not worth rostering with Cook healing up here. Yeah, th this one could be a shootout here, uh, as you said, with Thielen out probably for a few weeks. So with that high ankle sprain, you know, we are going to talk about both Conklin and Osborne on our waiver wire section. Uh, you know, both of these secondaries are playing hurt. Joe Hayden missed this past week again with an ankle injury, uh, the same one that's kept him out for a while now. And then Minnesota's got a lot of issues with their linebackers. Patrick Peterson was on the COVID list. We'll see if he's able to come back. So this could turn into a shootout on Thursday night. Yeah, that takes us into our picks, right? And we've got a quarterback who disappears during away games against a quarterback who disappears in prime time. Hopefully, Kirk Cousins won't look at Thursday as a prime spot. I'm picking Minnesota for the win. Yeah, you know, we, we usually have our Google Doc where we put these picks in, and I purposefully left this one blank for now uh, because I knew I would need to think about it up until yeah. the last minute here. And you know what? Uh, go for broke. It didn't work out for Baltimore this past Sunday going for the win, but I will. And I'll take Pittsburgh uh, after that uh, win against Baltimore. I, I do think that, you know, again, both of these teams are playing injured. And I do think that with all of Minnesota's defensive injuries, if they remain out on a short week uh, with this being Thursday, I'm going to lean Pittsburgh. I would not at all be shocked if you pull ahead in our series uh, early this week. That'll take us into Sunday, 1 p.m. Eastern slate, New Orleans at the New York Jets. Taysom Hill had a terrible game from a fantasy perspective or from a uh, uh, real football perspective, but had a great day in fantasy, 24 points. And that's including four interceptions. Uh, just imagine if he can cut that number at least in half. The rushing will likely cut back a bit if Kamara can play, but he's definitely worth a start. If uh, Kamara's out, Ingram's going to be good enough here versus the Jets for back and running back usage. I would not expect as many wide receiver targets as New Orleans was down most of the game against Dallas. I'm just not expecting a similar game plan against the Jets. They should be fine here. Yeah, and one thing to note, uh, or a couple things to note, I guess, Taysom Hill with the finger injury, it is he is right. going to be a risky start because we don't know how much that's affecting him. Obviously factored into those four interceptions, but again, his running ability keeps him fantasy relevant, gives him a fairly high floor and ceiling. Uh, and then also worth noting that Deontay Harris finally received his three-game suspension for that DUI this past offseason. So we know that there's not a whole lot of, you know, reliability in this Saints passing offense, especially with that finger injury to Hill. Uh, but perhaps this could concentrate the target share a little bit more towards Marquez Calloway and Traquan Smith. 
As for the Jets, Wilson actually looked pretty decent here uh, compared to early in the season. The offense is coming together a bit. Dare I say Elijah Moore is a, is a rock-solid PPR wide receiver, too, with, with more upside than that. Um, that might come back to bite me, but he, he's shown it for a number of weeks in a row now. Uh, I would prefer not to touch the run game at all against New Orleans, but Coleman seems to be the guy while Carter's out. Yeah, you know, Wilson's in playing better to support his fantasy wide receivers, but certainly don't love starting Wilson and one quarterback against the Saints. Um, That said, with uh, Corey Davis also having surgery and now out for the year, I do think that Jameson Crowder may be worth a look as a wide receiver for in PPR. Um, We don't know that Lattimore is going to stick on Elijah Moore. He's still just a rookie, but certainly he's the clear number one for this team, and it, it could free up Crowder for a few more targets in this one. I'm going to take New Orleans here. Yeah, I mean, I could see the Jets pulling off the upset if Taysom Hill's finger acts up and he throws a few more picks, but uh, I think on paper, uh, the Saints are still a better overall team given their offensive line and then their defense. Yep. Atlanta at Carolina. Uh, Gage led the team with 12 targets, which I am not trusting. We've seen that rotate around a bit. It's still just Patterson and maybe Pitts, depending on your tight end options. Yeah, it's Gage and Patterson. <laughs> Not much to add. Yep. Uh, for Carolina, the Atlanta defense has been a bit better, and Chris McCaffrey's done it for the season. Um, Newton certainly wasn't great last week, but he should be usable here. Uh, he may be very, very badly needed without McCaffrey. Uh, the run game's going to be split between the quarterback. I'm thinking about 60% for Chuba Hubbard and maybe 20 to 25% for Amir Abdullah, who does have some pass game upside here. Um, but I'm not expecting them to have to throw the football and be, you know, in those sort of situations all too much this game. DJ Moore should be in lineups and uh, the lack of McCaffrey should, should keep uh, feeding Moore's target totals. Yeah. And I do think that Cam Newton, you can go back to him again. Obviously the risk is there, but uh, he was announced the starter for this week and uh, you know, it's the Falcons defense, right? It's just, there's not a whole lot to be afraid of. Um, we know that the Dolphins have had issues at time, but they've also been able to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and Atlanta hasn't really been able to do that. So I would go back to Cam Newton, and we'll talk about him on the waiver wire section. Agreement there. I'll take Carolina at home. I will lean Carolina as well. Uh, hopefully this offense does a little bit better with Joe Brady gone. We'll see. Yeah. Seattle at Houston. Russell Wilson's finger might finally be healed and just in time for a nice matchup here. He, Lockett, and Metcalf should all be great this week, I think. The backfield's a mess. It seems they want Adrian Peterson to be the guy in goal line scenarios. He could have maybe had two touchdowns uh, on Sunday, but uh, he he ended the day with just one. Um, It's ugly. I don't love it, but uh, if you're desperate, running running back's running back. Yeah, definition of a uh, touchdown-dependent RB4, but, uh, you know, that's what you want against Houston, right? Totally. As for Houston, uh, Cooks is the only plausible play here, and he's been fading significantly lately. Evaluate your options very closely. We tend to grasp to the early season statistics more so than the mid-season statistics. I'd do my best not to play him. Yeah, and uh, really, I I do think he has some upside, though. It sounds like it's going to be Davis Mills with uh, Terod Taylor's wrist injury. So I don't love uh, any option outside of Cooks. And for the same reason, I'm going to take Seattle. Totally. Yeah, give me Seattle. Las Vegas Raiders versus Kansas or at Kansas City. Uh, Foster Moreau did not show up this week, disappointing hopeful Waller owners. Uh, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs has been quite solid. Pretty ideal running back two, running back one upside with uh, with Kenyon Drake done for now. 
Uh, Hunter Redfro led the team with 10 targets, and I think he should lead again. Yeah, and obviously, you know, some boomer bust upside for Deshaun Jackson and Brian Edwards, but can't count on those guys. Uh, really, like you said, it's Renfro, and I will mention that it sounds like uh, Darren Waller has a shot to return this week, so obviously you're starting him if he's active. And I just wanted to point out, too, Jalen Richard is out there in the vast majority of leagues. Uh, he's been out with an injury, and then he was on the COVID list this past week. But if Drake is indeed out, uh, we've seen that Richard in the past has been that pass-catching pass compliment in the backfield to Josh Jacobs. So in deeper leagues, he's worth a look. You talk about relying on guys, and we're about to talk about Kansas City. I mean, we know who we're sitting. We know who we're, who we're starting uh, on Kansas City. But do we feel good about it? feel better than I did against Denver, which we knew played a ton of two-man um, just... I mean, Kansas City hasn't found an answer for that when they just blanket with safeties over the top, but we'll see if the Raiders adjust. Uh, the Chiefs certainly burned them last time in their cover three looks. Uh, I, I think you're still starting Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey, uh, at least, uh, you know, Hill and Kelsey. Maybe you have better quarterback options in one quarterback leagues. Uh, if you did draft like a Jalen Hurts or a Tom Brady in rounds nine and 10, even if you took Mahomes early, which hopefully you did not because we advised against that uh, quite often in the preseason. But uh, yeah, at the very least, you're not benching Hill or Kelsey. I just, I would not do it ever. Wouldn't you think that targeting a good pass catching running back might, might break down that sort of defense for Kansas city? You would think so, but apparently they only like doing that with Daryl Williams. All right, I'm going to take Kansas City, but um, they got to get their ship righted before playoff time. Yeah, surprisingly, their defense has carried them the last uh, yeah. couple of games, but uh, I don't know that they're going to be able to hold up when it's going to be, you know, Buffalo, Tennessee, or I should say a healthy Tennessee, assuming they have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, right? You got that right. Okay. Uh, Baltimore at Cleveland, AFC North showdown, always tough. Andrews, Brown, and Freeman are all looking very reliable at their respective positions. Solid performers with the weekly chance to pop for a little more. Murray has not taken near as much of Freeman's work as I was as I was expecting, and you know the team's going to be pressing to uh, beat their divisional foe after that loss to Pittsburgh. Yeah, not not a whole lot to add on here from a fantasy perspective, but I just wanted to get your football thoughts on this Los. Do you think it was the right call to go for it? The two point conversion at the, at the end of that game? Oh, well, that's the thing, right? If they would have, if, if, when it works out, the coach is a hero. When it doesn't, the coach is a zero, right? I think it was this time. I think it was the right, I think it was the right call. Yeah, I, I happen to agree. I mean, they had the momentum. Uh, from, yeah. I think the analytics say you do that in that case. Um, I mean, he just missed. It was, that was, they, they had it. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it's, uh, their losses have been on Lamar. There's no other way to say it. And, yep. uh, you know, I, I'm of the mindset that he is a pretty good quarterback, but oh, you yeah. also can't deny that these losses have been on him. Totally, to totally right there. On the Cleveland side, uh, I, have you heard anything on Kareem Hunt yet? He, it sounds like he is expected to return. It's always hard to say when they're coming off a bye what they're actually going to do with these players. Um, I would expect them to have him play here against Baltimore at, at home. 
Maybe maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. This should be a very solid bounce-back game for Nick Chubb. Uh, the past game has been shaky with all the piled-up Baker Mayfield injuries plus uh, the receiver situation. Assuming full health of wide receiver core, I think Landry's the only real play in the past game, but a very low-level one at that. Uh, if Hunt can play, I think he's a solid flex. I, I don't see why you suit him up if you're not going to use him. Yeah, Baltimore's good against the run, but Kareem Hunt always seems to f- just gash them as a receiver. And then, uh, look, if you're desperate, <laughs> David Njoku, I mean, he got the touchdown a couple weeks ago before the bye. Uh, it's interesting that they're going to be facing the same opponent coming off the bye in back-to-back games. But, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how the two teams kind of change up their schemes based on what they saw two weeks ago. But, again, the tight ends have been able to find room over the middle against Baltimore. Uh, I believe they just lost Marlon Humphrey for the season, too. So, I am going to leave the lean the Browns at home. This isn't going to come as a surprise to Munger Dan, but I I have deliberated heavily about this game on my pick here. <sighs> this is a toss up of all toss ups for this season. Um, I would look for Baltimore to come back strong after losing to Pittsburgh, which I don't think anybody really saw coming. Um, they do tip typically bounce back well, but Cleveland's run game, if it's healthy, I don't think Baltimore can slow it down. And I think keeping the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands is going to give them the win at home. Yeah. I, you know, I don't think Jackson's going to struggle quite, quite as much. He was coming off the illness, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, and th- I'm sure that contributed a little bit to his struggles. And also I do think that Kareem Hunt brings another element, uh, you know, to the passing attack, just as a dangerous receiver with the yards after the catch ability on those checkdowns and screens. It's easy to forget how good he is, but when he's playing, he's, he's, he, we call him an RB two. We call him a PPR RB two, but virtually every time he plays, he ends the week as an RB one. Yeah. And they use him and, uh, excuse me, him and Chubb together on certain plays because they just don't have any wide receivers. And I I think it, you know, out of desperation somehow works. I think it's a tremendous. I think it's a tremendous idea. If if Hunt were on just about any other team, he'd be a starting running back. Yeah, I mean, he was until the off-field issues. I mean, right? He was right. Uh, an elite running back in Kansas City. Sure was. Sure was. All right. So it's close. I sort of wanted to have the opposite side of that game of Yumong, but uh, I've got to take Cleveland. Sorry. All right. Dallas at Washington, Ezekiel Elliott is not looking that great, but I can't exactly put Pollard over him. Uh, This is going to be a committee till the season ends, I think. Cooper's going to be healthier this week. Lamb and Schultz remain in play. With Cooper getting a bit healthy, don't expect a big day from Gallup. Uh, If this was earlier season, this would be a nice selling time for Gallup, but unfortunately all the trade deadlines have passed, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends. In deeper leagues, you know, he's, Gallup's still a boomer bust flex. We've seen he can, all he needs is that one big touchdown to make his day, right? And Washington's secondary's had a share of struggles. Um, yeah, the running back situation's tough. It, yeah. If anything, you almost wish it was one or the other because having the, you know, just let let Zeke rest, right? It's Washington. Yeah. If you can't beat Washington, um, then you, you don't, I mean, are you really a playoff team? But then again, it's the NFC East, right? They're all in it except yeah. for the Giants. Uh, pretty pretty much par for the course. But uh, I feel like that division always comes down to like a 500 team versus a 500 team in week 18. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that that's what it's going to come down to. But yeah, I look, I'm going to have Zeke ranked over Pollard. But 
it's going to be pretty close in PPR, right? It, it just yeah, it just boils down to the seriousness of the load. I'm very excited to hear what Jerry Jones has to say this week. I mean, you know that Zeke's going to play and get more touches, but you know that Pollard's going to be slightly more efficient, and they're both just flex plays right now. It's really tough. Yep. Yeah. And that we said, we, I mean, remember last year, we, uh, we had, a, we fell off on Ezekiel Elliott. A lot of people were having down in the running back three range. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Washington is a pretty decent matchup. We saw Josh Jacobs did, but yeah, just they're both flexes with upside. Yep. On the other side of the ball, Washington told it true when they said Gibson was going to be leaned on more heavily with McKissick gone and Patterson didn't have much effect on the game. Uh, We're going to see if the case remains the same. If JD can be back at all, Logan Thomas was great until uh, leaving with the injury and he's going to be out for the season now. And Terry McLaurin McLaurin struggled. He should have a bit of a bounce back here at home versus Dallas. uh, But Dallas has been playing much better in the secondary this year. Yeah, and they just don't have any other options behind McLaurin to really threaten opposing secondary. So I do expect a lot of coverage for McLaurin uh, in that in that wide receiver two, the back end range. Yeah, and we did get some good news on Logan Thomas earlier today. It sounds like oh. it was not an ACL, but it still oh. it still seems like a pretty serious injury. So I, I would expect he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks. Um, mm. we'll, we'll talk about more on the injury section, but he's he's not a must hold. It really, just depends on how deep the league is and what other tight end options are on the waiver wire. Well, depending on the injury could be a uh, league winning tight end. If you need something in the championship. Well, Ricky seals Jones uh, could be a decent fill in for this that, week and next that's true. Too, for now. So we'll see. That's um, true too. Waiting, waiting on updates on Logan Thomas. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take Dallas here. Just the sheer amount of weapons. Yeah, I, I can't bet against Dallas, but uh, Washington's been, been sneaky, just, you know, playing teams close, um, you know, one or two unforced errors from the Cowboys, and I could see Washington stealing this one at home. Uh, so again, not, not a survivor pick, but yeah, I'll, I'll take Dallas. Right. Jacksonville at Tennessee. Jacksonville had their doors blown off by the Rams. Hyatt, of course, scored the touchdown while splitting about even work with with James Robinson. J.T. O'Shaughnessy led the team with six targets but did not do much with them. I think he's still a back-end tight end play if you're desperate. Uh, The wide receiver room remains a mess. Uh, O'Shaughnessy is the best play if you really want a pass catcher. Yeah, I mean, I I don't love any any of them. Uh, The Titans' defense was playing better for a while before their last couple of losses, but... uh, I mean, they give up big plays every now and again. If you're super desperate, Chenault and Treadwell are in play, but uh, hopefully your team is not relying on those guys. Yep. And Tennessee needed that week off. We're eagerly waiting to see who's going to be ready come game time. Uh, It's all question marks at running back. And then there's Brown and Julio Jones who've been banged up. I'm sure we all got the, the notification earlier today or yesterday, if you're listening on Tuesday, that Julio came off the IR. Uh, We just have to see what the team's going to do with these players. There's going to be plenty of points to be scored against Jacksonville. We just got to know who's playing. Well, I don't think he actually came off IR. I think he was designated to return, so he can in the next three weeks. So we'll see if he's actually um, activated before Sunday. So that's something to, there you go. Something to monitor. Um, so we just don't know. Yeah, well, I, that's good news. Then you don't have to take him out of your IR slot yet. Correct. Um, and worth noting, uh, I do like Dontrell Hilliard and Dante Foreman in this one. Yep. Uh, you know, Tennessee's favored by, I think, nine and a half points. So... 
plenty of plenty of points that could be scored in this one. Of course, we know it's easier to throw on Jacksonville, but the Titans are a special case just because of all their injuries at wide receiver. Um, if you're desperate, Nick Westbrook Akine, but uh, yeah, again, not someone that hopefully uh, you're not relying on. What about Tannehill? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in consideration. I just. He was one of our boys in the preseason. I don't remember who liked him more, me or you. He's he's let us down a bit, but I uh, can't really blame him with all the injuries that, that have been around him. Yeah, I mean, it's really not on him at all. But, uh, yeah, yeah I, not, I mean. Not a bad dynasty target. I guess we'll just leave it at that. Yes, I, I like him as a bylo in dynasty, but certainly as a contender down the stretch, you don't feel great about Tannehill, and he's still not just a QB to match up. Uh, you know, I'd start Cam Newton. Taysom Hill over him this week. Agreed on both. I'm picking Tennessee. Yeah, I'll take Tennessee as well. I think coming off the bye, coming off two losses, this is a big get-right game for them. Which leads us past lunchtime into the uh, afternoon, Sunday mid-afternoon slate, New York Giants at the L.A. Chargers. Uh, the offense for the Giants has been very different with Glennon at quarterback rather than Jones. We're, of course, going to need to see who's healthy, which quarterback is even playing. This has been a giant problem from the giant for the Giants since week one. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, Glennon started early with targets to Galladay and finished with targets to Galladay. Again, we have to see who's available. Tony wasn't there. Uh, I, I don't think it's too early to call on this team. Well, that's just an outright lie. I'm positive that pun was intended. Okay. You're right. <laughs> um yeah, just, oh man, you're avoiding everybody except Barkley, right? Because it, yep. it might not even be Mike Glenn. It might be Jake Fromm because Glennon's oh. in concussion protocol. Um, I, I mean, I don't even know what to say. Galladay's got rib injury. Uh, Tony and Shepard uh, both quad have quad injuries. We'll see if any of them play. Uh, if you're desperate, maybe Evan Ingram sees a ton of targets if all those wide receivers are out. But yeah, I mean, it's it's Barkley or bust on, on this team for fantasy and Hopefully you're not relying on anyone catching passes from Jake Fromm. Yeah, thinking it through, if you if this week actually matters in your in your league to to your lineup and you need to win, you you have to avoid the Giants at all costs because you need a player who has upside and none of these wide receivers have upside. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about the Saints and I'd rather yep. start like Traquan Smith or Marcus Galloway over Totally. over Galladay, Tony, whoever it is. It's especially in a tough matchup against the Chargers secondary too. I'd throw Westbrook Akina in over them. Ooh, yeah, I, I guess. I mm, I don't know about that one. <laughs> All right. Certainly not going to make a bet on it with you, though, Mung. On the Chargers side of things, uh, Herbert, Eckler, Allen continue to produce. Williams had a real nice week, which he was due for. Remains an upside flex play. Uh, Jared Guyton saw some increased usage, which just made the tight end collective of, of the Chargers fall further for me. So don't look at the tight ends. Don't uh, don't buy in on Guyton at this point in the season. Yeah, although I, I don't hate Guyton this week if Keenan Allen's out uh, on the COVID list. We'll see about that. Uh, we did see Guyton out of the slot burn uh, the Bengals for a long 40-yard touchdown. Um, don't hate him. I would play Jalen Guyton if Keenan Allen is out over any of Galladay, Tony, or Shepard. Would you agree with that? You stole, you stole that line from me. That's just rude. <laughs> well, <laughs> we are certainly in agreement on that. Um yeah, you know, if you're desperate, Josh Palmer, uh, if Allen's out, might get some slot usage as well. Um, Julian Love has been filling in 
uh, with their slot cornerback hurt for the Giants. Uh, Logan Ryan's been playing a little bit in that slot role as well, coming in from safety. So that is that is the area to attack, especially if James Bradbury's all over uh, Mike Williams, which may very well happen. Williams might be a sneaky sit, depending on your other wide receiver options, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's... Uh, quite so sneaky of a sit. There's a reason I left him out of my opening diatribe. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, Mike Evans has struggled with James Bradbury, and Mike yep. Williams is a, you know, Mike Evans liked type of player. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Diet Coke of, of Mike. <laughs> I'm going to take the charges here. Yeah, I'll take the charges at home as well. Detroit at Denver. The Lions forged together a win finally, their first of the season. All they needed was to be without DeAndre Swift. Uh, if he remains out, Williams going to have plenty of looks as a running back, too. None of the wide receivers are reliable. Don't get trapped by uh, St. Brown's 10 or 12 targets. Yeah, well, I mean, it helps that Minnesota's missing two starting linebackers and two starting cornerbacks. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, not against Denver. You're not uh, going back to those guys unless you're absolutely desperate. I know I'm not on the Broncos side of the football. Speaking of a, a team that, uh, that I don't really want to be chasing. I don't really want to be chasing any of this wide receiver core or the tight ends and not really the running backs. If Melvin Gordon's back here, despite the trite matchup, I mean, I'd start, start either as a flex. Uh, I think we saw what Javante Williams can do if he's unleashed, you know, like, uh, like the free Aaron Jones movement of multiple, multiple years. I think we've seen what Javante Williams can do. We want to see more of it, but the truth is as soon as Gordon's healthy, he's going to get uh, his fair share of the load too. Yeah. Although I do think Javante has shown enough that maybe he takes over the one a role at this point. Uh, it sounds like Gordon uh, is expected to practice this week. So there's a fair chance that he'll be back, but even with him there, I think Javante Williams is still in our, in RB two range, right? Yeah, I'd, I'd start him against Detroit, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, definitely against Detroit. Um, and then I know, I know this is a redraft-oriented show, but I wanted to touch on Noah Fanton Dynasty real quick. Close. Mm, sure. To me, I'm getting the O.J. Howard type of vibes, where he was this dynamic, you know, weapon coming out of college. We know he's a superb athlete, but this is an offense that just does not feature the tight end. They re-signed. Uh, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. They're going to have Jerry, Judy, Patrick, and Sutton for the foreseeable future. I mean, un unless they're getting Aaron Rodgers, and even then, Rodgers doesn't really target the tight end a whole lot. You know, uh, is Noah Fant a sell for you in Dynasty? Because he is for me. Yeah, I... I... I don't personally see the comparison to Howard as much, but I absolutely think he's a sell. I think you, I mean, all you have to do is say the name Albert O and you, and you see that there's trouble for Noah Fanta a brew. And uh, you know, he's, he's got three very good uh, uh, wide receivers on the team. That is not a recipe for tight end success, no matter who you are. What's uh, let's say a normal PPR format, no tight end premium. What would you value him in, in terms of rookie picks Fant? I, I hate to say it, especially given what you probably paid for him, but he's no better than a, than a middling to high second for me. Yeah. I don't know that I'd even pay an early second. I think it's like a mid late second at this point. Yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, I will take Denver. <laughs> I'm going to take the church Denver. Yeah. One of the, one of the D teams and uh, real one of quick, does. um, because I've I'm a degenerate and I've already started looking at DFS this week. Oh no! Oh um, no! <laughs> just make sure when you're clicking on the the Jay Williams, uh, mm. you know, at for Denver versus Detroit, 
Uh, you're just making sure you're getting the right Javante or Jamal, depending on who you're trying to play. Yeah, either are fine plays. It's just a matter of which one you actually want. Yeah. <laughs> one better than the other, but I'm sure one's a lot cheaper than the other. San Fran at Cincinnati. Uh, Mitchell appears to have a good hold on that running back job. No other running back, uh, including Jeff Wilson Jr., ran the ball even once. Uh, very rare for the Shanahan offense. Ayuk should be starting for you if Debo Samuel remains out. He wasn't really game scripted for, but he was he was fine. He got you know good for Ayuk numbers. Didn't uh, fill that Samuel role though. Uh, George Kittle is back. Two touchdowns. That's generally not his forte. I think his. Max total on a season is like six touchdowns or something. So rare to see two in a game, but uh, you're not sitting him if, he, if he's there for you. No. And you know, I, I think it's more out of necessity that Mitchell has become a workhorse because hasty and Wilson jr. Are both dealing with injuries and sermons on IR already. Um, but whatever the reason, I mean, Mitchell's going to be a league winner this year, as long as he stays healthy, <laughs> knock on wood. Sure is. And, and for, for the cool, cool price of a uh, dynasty third rounder, right? Yeah, that, and then you know, people were uh, people were pretty angry after they blew their fab in week one on Elijah oh. Mitchell, and uh, he didn't do anything for a few weeks. And you know, the circle of life takes him and throws him back, and he's you know this elite running back all of a sudden. Certainly, it certainly does. He lives in you. As for Cincinnati. We're going to have to see what's going on with Burrow's pinky finger here, which uh, is certainly going to affect the team. Chase and Higgins are upside plays. Chase remains a top-ranked wide receiver despite the two uh, two bigger weeks here from Higgins lately. The upside's always there with those two. Much bigger upside with Chase, though. He should have had a big-time touchdown. I think it would have been a 50 or 60-yard or something like that, which unfortunately turned into an interception, but... Uh, Huh, he's got to keep his eye on the ball, I guess. Uh, Mixon stays a running back one play. Yeah, it's one of those process over results things where, yeah, you know, yep. Chase should have had a nice day. I stirred him a few spots, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, the box score is the box score. And uh, I actually made a gutsy move. Nobody cares about my team, I know, but I started <laughs> Renfro over Chase in one of my leagues in PPR, and Ooh. it uh, worked out all right. Wow. But, uh, yes, I do agree that if for some reason you have multiple Bengals wide receivers, I'm still playing Chase over Higgins this week. And then, uh, you know, Mixon was fine, but he did leave for a couple plays. And a reminder that right. Samaje Pirine and other handcuffed running backs should be rostered if you're well on your way to the playoffs. Perfect time for that. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati here, uh, despite San Francisco looking, looking better, but not getting it done against Seattle. Yeah, I... It's tough because I do think that Burrow looked okay, even finishing out the loss to the Chargers. I mean, his finger wasn't why they lost because they had that fumble from Mixon and uh, some turnover issues. But overall, I, I think this is going to be a back and forth one, but I, I will lean the home team Bengals just because their defense has been playing pretty well, you know, throughout their up and ups and downs on the offense. And I just remain i just continue to have no faith in grapplo and I, I wish we could see some glimpses of trey lance but obviously you know we haven't talked about him but obviously in one quarterback leaves i, I hope you dropped him because there's no there's no need to hold him in one qb right now certainly not buffalo at tampa bay uh, this should be a fun matchup tampa bay secondary has been playing a bit better cole beasley may be the best wide receiver this week but i certainly wouldn't sit digs at all um, Mung might disagree there. I don't know. Uh, Allen should have plenty here to do uh, to see a 20-point day despite the Tampa defense. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we're not seeing much 
tonight from any of the Buffalo passing game, but uh Oh, I mean, gun to my head. Gun to my head. I I would definitely still play Diggs over Beasley, but but I I think both could have big games. Uh, You know, the Bucks secondary is still very banged up. They keep guys keep coming back and they keep losing them again in game. Um, It's so bad that they they're talking about maybe switching Richard Sherman over to safety. Um, Just a ton of injuries, and I, I think you're starting all your Buffalo wide receivers. I would rank them Diggs. Beasley, then Sanders, and then Dawson Knox should be a nice play as well. Oh yeah, totally. Don't know. I don't know. I forgot about Knox. Uh, Atlanta kept it close against Tampa, but in the end, it didn't matter much. Brady, Fournette, Evans, Godwin, and Gronk are studs. Put them in your lineup. Yeah, I think uh, I think this one's going to be a shootout. I I think you're starting everybody on both of these yeah. teams. I I, <laughs> I mean. I don't know how much detail I can go into it. I, I don't know uh, what Tredavious White's going to do because I, I would think he's going to go on Evans. But again, it, it really depends because Godwin's just as dangerous. And then you've got Gronk over the middle. Um, I, I would rank them Godwin, Gronk, Evans if I'm playing all three or if I have all three for some reason, I need to flex one of them. Sure. I see that. Uh, is it? Would it be, is it silly to not consider Leonard Fournette a running back one? I, I won't have him ranked as such this week, I don't think, but rest of season, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, the Buffalo matchup, that's a fair point. I mean, he's been, I, mean, I still think he's, just, uh, somehow he's still like quietly performingly, performing in a huge, huge way. He's leading running backs in receptions. Nobody saw that coming. I mean, <sighs> He's been great. Yeah, I mean, we just didn't expect there to be one workhorse, right? We saw a committee right. last year. We didn't we didn't know that we saw enough for any one running back to take over. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're talking rest of season, he's definitely a top ten guy, right? You've got Leonard Fournette or Nick Chubb this week. Um I think I'm sticking with Fournette in PPR. Asking for a friend. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm sticking with Fournette and PPR because I do think that um, Hunt coming back is going to hurt Chubb. And plus, yeah, Baltimore's I wish it weren't the case, but you're the probably run. right. Yeah. Um, well, definitely, definitely Chubb, definitely Fournette over uh, Aaron Jones, though, right? Asking for a different friend. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, that seal brings like questions. I, said, I, I don't love the matchup against Buffalo, but uh, at the same time, we just saw Damian Harris bust a big run. So I, I don't know that they're, I mean, they're a good defense, but they've beat up on some bad teams too. Brady could throw the football to Leonard Fournette 30 times a game if he wanted to. It's always open because the secondary and linebacker, everybody has to cover every superstar player on that offense. It's It's unfair. Yeah, that's true. All right, uh, I'm going to pick Tampa. Yeah, I, I'm i nervous about this game as a Brady fan um, because I do think that they the Bills could be a tough matchup for them just because their defense matches up well and then their offense, which likes to throw a lot, and the Bucks have a lot of issues on the secondary. But, um, yeah, I, I hope that... I hope that um, Todd Bowles learned from his mistake last year against Patrick Mahomes when they met in the regular season and when he just blitzed them and left uh, Tyree Kill in single high coverage. 
Um, hopefully he does not do that. Uh, I, I, I'm going to take the Bucks at home, but yeah, this is a 50-50. And that'll lead us into Sunday night football, Chicago at the Packers. Jakeem Grant had himself a solid game, but uh, the only two reasonable plays, uh, reasonable plays remain Montgomery and uh, Mooney, who had a down week. Um, Mooney could see a lot of looks from uh, from that top Green Bay defensive end or defensive back, so I'm concerned about him here. I, I just stay concerned about Chicago in general, though. Yeah, it sounds like Andy Dalton's banged up a little bit, uh, has a, some hand injury. He's expected to play, but... Uh... Yeah, it's Montgomery for the most part, maybe Mooney. And for Green Bay, uh, they got the week to heal up. All your regulars should be good to go here. Rodgers and Adams will look for big, re- big returns here. I would not be surprised if both Jones and Dylan got plenty of run here. Green Bay's looking to the playoffs. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I still believe Jones is the more dynamic and talented running back between him and Dylan, uh, though he should see he may, might see reduced carries until playoff time. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, uh, I don't know what there is to say. No, uh, no Khalil Mack, maybe no Keem Hicks, uh, maybe no Allen Robinson. Just, this is going to be a boring game. I think Packers by 10 plus points. Yeah. I, you know what? It's probably worth asking, is Dylan a, uh, do you feel safe starting AJ Dillon? Uh, No. Um, yeah, I think he's he a, Pollard. I think that's the, what the question was really boiling down to in my head. I think it's still Pollard in PPR. Dylan's Dylan's really been good. I, I, I hate to say it, but I can't take it away from him. Yeah, I mean, that's why I was baffling. He was a dynasty buy for me in the offseason because I just didn't think that Green Bay would spend that kind of draft capital on Dylan, see how well he played in those flashes, and then, you know, extend Jones for tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, I yeah, I still think Jones is better, but I, they're both usable here. I mean, they're yeah, different. I, I, they're different I think types I feel better of about Dylan backs. here. I I do think they're gonna rest Jones in us in, in this game back. I mean, if you have both, who are you starting? I think this week it's Dylan. You want to make that a bet? I'll, I'll still take Aaron Jones in PPR this week. No, I won't take that bet because I'll be starting Aaron Jones in my in my lineup, so All I right. won't be sitting there rooting against him. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, take Green Bay here? Yeah, Packers. Monday night football, the L.A. Rams at Arizona. It's difficult to take much from a game against Jacksonville, but at least the team didn't fall flat. Uh, they did what they would, should have done. Sonny Michelle was great with Henderson out. Uh, the top three wide receivers on the team all scored touchdowns, but I want to see how they look in a real NFL football game. Uh, I don't think I'd go deeper than whoever starts at running back and Cooper cup for right now. I think Jefferson and Beckham are both flex worthy, um, both in sure. that wide receiver three range. We've seen Jefferson do really well. Uh, he's been second in targets, even with Beckham there. I do think this is going to be kind of a shootout. We saw the Cardinals really dominate on defense. Uh, the last time these two teams met, but uh, you know, again, whether it's garbage time or just a back and forth high scoring game, I do think there's plenty of fantasy goodness to go around in this one. Uh, so I do think, you know, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham, both are in play. Tyler Murray didn't have to do all too much in the air to put Chicago away, rushing in two touchdowns and Hopkins turning two targets into one touchdown. Murray and Connor are lineup locks while Ertz is a solid tight end play. We might see Jalen Ramsey try to eliminate Hopkins as he continues to heal up. Murray has enough weapons that he's not going to have to force the issue. So you might want to consider alternative options to Hopkins if you have something available. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not too worried about Ramsey just because he hasn't really shadowed at all this year. He's kind of playing that star role, but uh, the, the, the bigger concern, I think, is that Hopkins just hasn't been the target hog that he was in years past. And, you know, we talked about this earlier in the season when he was healthy, but and part of it was, you know, he was coming back from the hamstring injury against the Bears as well as the weather this past Sunday. But at the same time, you know, even though he's the number one on this team, he's not getting like that 30 plus percent target share that we used to see for him. So I, I think he's a wide receiver too, high end wide receiver too, down the stretch here. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yep. Totally right. Uh, I'm picking Arizona. Uh, for the sake of the Bucks, I hope the Rams win this one, uh, mm. but uh, I will take Arizona at home. All right. There are four teams on the bye. Indianapolis, uh, Miami, New England, and Philly get their bye week. So, of course, Indianapolis take out of your lineup. Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, who earned himself a little bit of rest. Niam Hines, Michael Pittman, Pittman T.Y. Hilton, and their glut of uh, tight ends. Miami, you've got Tua, Miles Gaskin, Jalen Waddell, Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki. In New England, uh, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, not Najee Harris, I'm sorry, <laughs> Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, and then, of course, in Philly, uh, Jalen Hurts, or more importantly, Garden Minshew, Miles Sander, Devonta Smith, and uh, Dallas Goddard, who, who had a huge week. Yeah, in the one league where I have Goddard, I almost wish it were Minshew down the stretch just for Goddard's sake. Right. But uh, I, yeah. I don't think they're going to make that switch unless Hurts really no. struggles. Um, unless Hurts really is Hurts. Yeah. Uh, all right, COVID news real quick. Keenan Allen was placed on the COVID list on Monday, but it's reported he is vaccinated, so there's a chance Allen could return in time for the game on Sunday against the Giants if he tests negative for two days in a row. Still, you know, all the fantasy GMs should have a backup plan at wide receiver if Allen is one of your top guys. And uh, this could make Guyton and Williams a little bit more interesting. And then we talked a little bit as well about Jalen Rashard, who has missed a few weeks with rib injury, and then, you know, he's on the COVID list right now. But, again, his status is worth monitoring a little bit more with Kenyon Drake now out for the year. Rashard has traditionally been the Raiders' pass-catching complement to Josh Jacobs over the last couple of seasons prior to them signing Drake. And that'll take us into the further injury news. At quarterback, we have Taysom Hill with a finger tendon injury. He's probable right now. Uh, this sounds like a less serious version of Russell Wilson's finger injury that required surgery. Hill is expected to play through the injury, but his passing may be erratic, uh, making him a riskier start. Though we've seen that his rushing production is what keeps the fantasy floor and ceiling fairly high. Joe Burrow with a dislocated pinky finger. He's probable. Burrow was able to finish out the loss to the Chargers and is on track to play this week. But check on his practice status over the next couple days just in case. Terod Taylor with the wrist injury. How's that? He's out multiple weeks. Weeks. Uh, Taylor tore some ligaments in his non-throwing wrist, but it's still going to keep him out a while. Davis Mills is going to return to the starting lineup for Houston. Jalen Hurts is on a bye. He, he does have the ankle sprain, so we'll see if he's able to get some practice in early next week after Philly comes back from the bye. Daniel Jones is doubtful with his neck injury. It was reported as a week-to-week -week injury, so downgrade the entire Giants offense for the time being. And Mike Lennon is questionable with a concussion. Uh, the Giants could be down to third-string quarterback Jake Fromm this week if Glennon can't clear concussion protocol in time. The only semi-reliable fantasy option on this team is Barkley right now. 
and Justin Fields, who did have fractured ribs, is questionable. Hopefully, you weren't relying him on him anyway in one quarterback. But if he's back, uh, Fields would be a risk-reward quarterback, too, who could add some fantasy points with his legs here. At the running back injury, we've got Daryl Henderson with that quad injury. Uh, he is probable. He was active against Jacksonville as emergency depth, but still, that's a pretty good sign for his availability this week. Sounds like he was close. Uh, monitor his practice status, of course, just in case, but hopefully he should be back in action. Kenyon Drake with that fractured ankle, he is done for the year. Hopefully you weren't starting Drake outside of deep leagues anyway, but with Jalen Richard still on the COVID list right now, this could vault Josh Jacobs into a strong RB1 option rest of season as a workhorse if Jacobs can hold up to the workload. Miles Sanders with uh, the ankle sprain and Jordan Howard, both are on by this week. Uh, it's really tough to tell. Uh, it sounds like Sanders re-aggravated that sprain in the win over the Jets, and that led to a nice day for Kenneth Gainwell, with Boston Scott still recovering from the illness. But this is a tough backfield to read, so just monitor the situation as they come out of the bye next week. Melvin Gordon with shoulder and hip injuries. He is questionable, and the lone bright spot in that loss to Kansas City was Javante Williams, who was a monster. But it does sound like that Gordon will resume his 1B role of healthy here and is expected to start practicing over the next couple days. Of course, Williams would be an RB1 against Detroit if Gordon is out, but still a decent RB2 option even if Gordon is back. J.D. McKissick with the concussion, he is questionable. As with Gordon, McKissick's status is going to impact Antonio Gibson's workload, who has become a workhorse uh, with his shin finally healthy. So again, McKisson's potential return could lower Gibson's floor and ceiling a little bit, but he's still a startable RB2 with upside, even if McKissick were to be back. Alex Collins with a groin injury, he's questionable. Uh, Collins is droppable at this point. Seattle's backfield has devolved into this messy committee, and really it's Peterson as the goal line with the most upside each week. Alvin Kamara with the MCL sprain, he is probable. He was unable to go on Thursday night, but it sounds like he was close and might have been able to play if they had played on Sunday. Monitor his practice status this week, but it does sound optimistic. DeAndre Swift with the shoulder injury. He is questionable. We'll see if he's able to get some limited practices in by midweek, but check up on his status over the next few days. Dalvin Cook with a dislocated shoulder remains doubtful. The initial prognosis was two to three weeks, so he's probably out for at least one more game. If not more, check back in on his practice status next week. Chase Edmonds with a high ankle sprain. He's been on IR but is eligible to return now, but we'll see if he can start practicing this week. And finally, Michael Carter uh, with a high ankle sprain. He's on IR and is eligible to come back in week 15. At wide receiver, we start off with Adam Thielen with a high ankle sprain. Currently doubtful. Uh, we're still awaiting an update on Thielen, but it sounds like a multi-week injury. Keep an eye on updates over the next few days. Debo Samuel with the growing strain is questionable. Samuel has a chance to return this week, but even with a low-grade strain, there's a risk of aggravation if he returns soon, especially considering that Samuel has a history of soft tissue injuries. We've seen other players like Curtis Samuel re-injure their groin and cause longer absences, so we'll see if he can get some limited practice in by late this week. All the Giants wide receivers are questionable with various injuries. Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony both have quad injuries. Kenny Galladay has a rib injury. Monitor the practice participation for all three, but none are worth starting outside of deep leagues anyway with Mike Lennon and or Jake Fromm going for them this week. Ellen Robinson, hamstring injury, questionable. Robinson has been one of the biggest fantasy disappointments this year. He's not a must-hold in shallower formats. 
Corey Davis just had core muscle surgery. He's done for the year. Uh, or he's having it Tuesday. I mean, he, his season is over. He's droppable in all redraft formats. Uh, Will Fuller on the IR with a broken finger. Fuller's been eligible to return for some time, but we'll see if he practices at all this week. Julio Jones on the IR. He's eligible to return. Keep an eye on his status. A.J. Brown on the IR with the chest injury. He's eligible to return week 16. He should be stashed if at all possible, but without knowing if he'll return or whether he'll be 100%, he's not a must-hold in shallower formats if you need wins now and don't have the bench space or an IR spot. And, of course, Antonio Brown with the ankle injury and the suspension. Brown is suspended for faking his COVID vaccination card. The earliest he could potentially return is week 16 versus Carolina. He's no longer a must-hold in shallower leagues, but still has some upside for the fantasy semifinals and championship round in deeper leagues. And that brings us to the tight ends. We've got Logan Thomas with that knee injury. He is doubtful for this week. Again, the MRI was positive in that Thomas did not suffer a torn ACL, but it still seems like a pretty serious injury overall. Thomas is worth holding in deeper leagues, but can be dropped in shallower formats. Darren Waller with the knee sprain, he's questionable. The IT band sprain kept Waller out this past week, but it sounds like he is going to try and practice over the next couple days, so stay tuned on that, but it is optimistic that he could return this week against the Chiefs. All right, waiver wire streams and ads at quarterback. Kicking off with Cam Newton. Yes, Newton was awful versus Miami after losing Christian McCaffrey. The last time we saw Carolina's offense, but they're rested coming off the bye. They fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, and they'll be facing an Atlanta defense that ranks 29th in pass defense uh, and is third again in fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. Taysom Hill, the finger injury makes Hill a risky start, but the Jets have the second worst pass defense in the league, and we've seen that Hill can overcome an awful passing performance with his rushing production. He remains a strong quarterback two option with his running ability. And Ben Roethlisberger, yes, Roethlisberger has been awful amid rumors that this is his final season, but there are reports out of Pittsburgh that the offense is expected to remain more pass-heavy down the stretch. Minnesota has both starting linebackers questionable with injuries at cornerback as well. If you're desperate, Roethlisberger is an option. And at running back, we've got Dontrell Hilliard and Dante Foreman. Hilliard is somehow still available in over 50% of leagues despite two big back-to-back games before their bye. Should be a priority add if he's out there and you need running back help. Uh, Hilliard has shown the ability to break long runs for touchdowns and has receiving upside when the Titans trail in games. Both he and Foreman have a good shot at touchdowns this week against the Jaguars team uh, that is that are 9.5 point underdogs. Matt Breda. We'll see how Breda does tonight, uh, but he's been the most efficient Bills running back over the last few weeks. Uh, even though Maine's a messy committee backfield, Breda should be an okay flex play with some touchdown upside as the 1A in Buffalo. Tevin Coleman. With Carter out, Coleman has been the clear lead back for the Jets. Their offense isn't very efficient, but Coleman's is seeing enough volume to be a startable flex option for as long as Carter is sidelined. Amir Abdullah. Hubbard is rostered in most leagues following McCaffrey's injury, but Abdullah is still widely available. He's getting passing down usage alongside Hubbard, having averaged five targets per game in the last few contests where McCaffrey has missed time. Abdullah is best uh, to be avoided this week with Carolina favored against Atlanta, but he still has PPR flex upside depending on the matchup. Jalen Richard, With Kenyon Drake now out for the year, Richard could return to that 1B role as the receiving back for the Raiders if he's healthy. Considering how bad Las Vegas' defense has been the last few games, 
Richard could have PPR flex potential if they trail the KC this week. Adrian Peterson. If you're desperate, Peterson seems to have stepped right into that goal line role for the run-happy Seattle offense under Pete Carroll. He's just a touchdown-dependent RB4, but considering the state of the running back landscape right now, you might be doing worse. And finally, Kenny Wangwu with Cook out with a shoulder injury. Wangwu could step into a big role if anything were to happen to Madison. He's a pure upside stash, but one with a high fantasy ceiling. And finally, we've seen guys like Hubbard, Madison, and Michelle be hot waiver wire ads the last few weeks. We recommended that you roster these guys if you've already locked up a playoff spot. Some other backup running backs to potentially preemptively pick up in case of injury to their starters include Ramondre Stevenson and Daryl Williams, as well as Samaje Pirine, Devontae Booker, and Khalil Herberts. And we have plenty of options at wide receiver. Russell Gage. Gage has averaged nine targets per game over the last three weeks with Calvin Ridley out. He's becoming a run, Hunter Renfro type wide receiver three with upside due to volume alone and should continue operating as the de facto wide receiver one for Atlanta while Ridley's on the NFL list. Van Jefferson. Jefferson has stepped into the number two role for the Rams, even with the addition of Odell Beckham, and now has at least three receptions or a touchdown in 10 of his 12 games for the year. Jefferson is a wide receiver three with upside in what could be a high-scoring rematch for Arizona this week. KJ Osborne. With Thielen out, Osborne saw seven targets versus Detroit and should continue to serve as the wide receiver two for Minnesota. He's a volume-based play in PPR for as long as Thielen's out. Jameson Crowder. With Corey Davis out for the year, Crowder should be the number two target for Zach Wilson. He's a viable wide receiver four in PPR formats if you need wide receiver help, though he has a dangerously low floor each week. In Jacksonville, LaVisca Chenault and Laquan Treadwell. Yes, Laquan Treadwell. Don't look now, but Treadwell, the former first-round pick, has seen 13 targets over the past two weeks since Agnew's injury, just one fewer than Chenault. Jackson's Jacksonville's offense overall has been awful. So neither wide receiver has a ton of upside, but both are serviceable wide receiver for, for options in PPR scoring to due to volume. Traquan Smith. Do you feel lucky? None of the saints pass catchers are reliable options with all of them splitting targets and Hills finger injury. But with Deontay Harris suspended for the next three games, the target share in new Orleans could get, could get more concentrated here. Uh, and the Jets allowed the third most passing yards per game to opponents. Smith saw seven targets from Hill versus Dallas on Thursday night, just one fewer than Harris did. And uh, Jalen Guyton and Josh Palmer, with Keenan Allen questionable to play on the COVID list, and James Bradbury likely to shadow Mike Williams, Guyton could pay off on a big play or two from the slot, which is where he was lined up on forty on his 44-yard touchdown versus Cincy on Sunday. With the Giants starting slot quarterback on IR, Palmer could also see some added targets if Allen were to miss the game with some slot usage as well. And in Detroit, Josh Reynolds and Amon Rossane Brown, if you're desperate, both Detroit wide receivers are seeing targets from Goff, but this week versus Denver will be a much tougher matchup than versus a Minnesota defense that was missing nearly half of their starters Sunday due to an injury. And at tight end, we've talked about Pat Farmuth for a few weeks now. He continues to be a big part of this Pittsburgh pass offense with Juju out. Still widely available in a lot of leagues, and with Pittsburgh passing a bit more in recent weeks, he remains a volume option with touchdown upside. Tyler Conklin. With Adam Thielen uh, leaving the loss to Detroit early with that high ankle sprain, Conklin was second on the team in targets with nine behind only Justin Jefferson. He should be a strong option due to target volume again this week, even in a tougher matchup against Pittsburgh. Ricky Seals-Jones. With Logan Thomas out for a while, 
Seals Jones projects to step back into that starting tight end role in Washington as he did earlier this season. Seals Jones has a decent floor for a tight end too due to target volume. And finally, Evan Ingram. If you're desperate, a lot depends on the health of the Giants wide receivers with all three questionable. But if one or more of Galladay, Shepard, or Tony were to miss this week, Ingram could see some target volume even if the Giants offense fails to score much, whether it's Glennon or Fromm under center. Two uh, streaming defenses available. Cincinnati, even in the ugly loss to the Chargers, Cincinnati recorded four sacks and three turnovers. They've had multiple sacks in every game dating back to week seven. They should be able to get after Jimmy Garoppolo this week, especially if Debo Samuel's out again. Tennessee. Most remember Tennessee getting dominated by New England prior to their bye and the slip up to Houston before that. But prior to those two losses, the Tennessee, the Titans defense had been getting on track with strong showings versus Buffalo, Kansas City, Indianapolis, and the and the Rams. They remain a top option versus the stagnant Jacksonville offense this week. Cleveland. Two weeks ago, Lamar Jackson was coming back from an illness, and Cleveland got after him with two sacks and four interceptions. Jackson looks healthier now, but this should be another low-scoring divisional showdown with Cleveland rested off their bye. And New Orleans. The Saints were missing two defensive ends, among others, in Thursday night's loss to Dallas. If they get close to full strength after 10 days to rest up, expect Sean Payton to have some defensive schemes dialed up to confuse rookie quarterback Zach Wilson. Yeah, uh, best of luck to all those teams that are in those in-it and or win-it and in-it scenarios uh, for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, again, the last regular season week for most leagues. So put it all on the line here. And uh, as always, if you guys have more specific questions about your starting lineup, uh, if your trade deadline somehow hasn't passed yet, uh, or just any other questions about the waivers or anything in general, we're happy to reply on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can find me at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Wherever you're listening, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our upcoming podcast episodes. Yeah, hopefully uh, we will see you all in the fantasy playoffs, and it's a fantasy world. We're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there. They're going to hold on to everything the disease steals away. And the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen by funding research, advancing public policy, and spurring scientific breakthroughs. And by providing local support to those living with the disease and their caregivers, we're easing the burden until we accomplish our goal. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight. Make your 4th of July celebration even bigger this year with savings on everything you need to get your yard ready for summer. Make sure your flower beds and bushes can handle the heat with special savings on Vigoro Mulch, now at a new lower price of $2.98 a bag. Keep the sun off your soil and water in the ground. Plus, add a fun pop of color that will last up to 12 months. So hurry in and get your yard ready for celebrating in the sun. Feels like 4th of July at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Available in-store and online. Color selection varies by store. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.